Jalen Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say... Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad Who chronicles the vanguard of hip-hop at large Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod Rap pod Podcasting live from San Jose, California It is the dad bod Rap pod, we're back It's your boy, Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dim One I am joined by Nate LeBlanc What's going on, man? Oh, doing good Yeah, it's a nice day good to see you guys happy to talk about some rap music did uh did extensive listening to get up to this point Uh oh he whipped up the extensions (laughs) it's going down uh and we also have the man the myth the legend david ma what's going on hey like nate said beautiful day really good to be here with you guys got this triangle offense ready to go there it is we're 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 lubed up Um, (laughs) whoa (laughs) <laughs> sorry we started off this segment with a capadonna joke off air just, it's coming to the space now i can't unsee it so we're here it's uh it's april um i feel like the claritin's kicking in i'm, I'm semi-functional on a day-to-day basis which is a good thing uh we're also into the completed the first quarter of this year uh like we're bankers or some shit but um <laughs> uh we wanted to take a look at the best records that have come out so far the best rap records that have come out so far it's been a meaty year already nate no not not yeah. maybe not in terms of quality but just in terms of like shit <laughs> this, this shit is so meaty chunks <laughs> of meat in the shit uh, i think there have been many good records released so far this year i uh I, I think there are good records released every year, so I'm just not a good... I, I always find new stuff to like. I have tons of stuff I want to talk about today. Let's do it. Let's let's get into it. Um, but first, because I like a nice lead-in. Uh, Dave, can you tell us about, like, what is your official rule as a reviewer on things that come out in December? See, we... Should, should we be talking about <laughs> things that came out in December? Did they get their full shrift? Because I have a December baby as well. Right, I, I like right. Well, I mean, for those who weren't listening, because we we're, you know, obviously off air, um, we were discussing albums that came out in December and if we should bring them up. And I think for... Uh, I'm of two minds. I think if you if you end up talking about it a couple months later, then yeah, I mean, beautiful things come out at the end of the year that sometimes get dismissed because people are making their list in December already. So sometimes, right. you know, next year's list will will include things from December 2021. Um, I think it, it all gets a bit convoluted, but um, just you know, just a quick quick entry is that for me would be Balin's Cho from uh, Makami's. Uh, Balin's show yep. um, probably yep. gotten the most play big favorite but again technically came out in 2021 and by the time that dropped we had a, we had already dropped all our lists and everybody did their end of the year lists and whatnot right right no I I think um, it probably would have been a, a stronger album of the year contender had it come out in March or something agreed like that at that year but then he kind of already had an album of the year contender right right fucking but, but you know, I mean, looking back with the with a few months of uh, hindsight, I I I think I like Balance Show more, dude, of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, def- definitely got more plays. I, I think it's the definitely the most um, accessible of of the Hami albums. There aren't these interesting uh, moments where I'm like, do I even like this? Which we've we've talked <laughs> about on air before. Um, 
All right, let's get into it. Quarter quarter one of 2022. Nate, what's a record that you like that like surprised you that like oh huh? Yeah, um a surprise record. I, I'm surprised I like that cool kids record so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really like that record. The Saba record as well, which we have talked about uh you and I demone on the Patreon fairly extensively, but we haven't really yeah. talked about uh for freezy um yeah it's just uh the cool kids i it, it's kind of funny because now i've listened to all three parts of the i was gonna ask you did you did you I, do I don't the like the solo records i like no? i like the group record before okay. shit got weird the other two are just it's just not working for me so okay. um yeah I, I, okay. that surprises me like uh i really liked the bake sale and now i really like this record and i don't really like any of their other stuff um so i would say that's a little surprising yeah, Dave, any any surprises, albums that you got into that you... Definitely, definitely. Uh, the one that kind of sticks with me is uh, Homeboy Sandman's uh, There in Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, we recently had, had Illinsworth on the show, which uh, I missed, and uh, both of you guys held it down. But um, I love that one. And, um, you know, I... Homeboy Sandman left a bad taste in my mouth during the uh, whole COVID thing about how mm-hmm. he framed, you know, he was anti-masker, but framing it as freedom to go to his shows... Get the, mm. fuck out, get the fuck out of here, bro. But um, having said that, I mean, you know, the star that emerges uh, from this release, for me anyway, is Illingsworth's uh, production. And it's really good to see him right after he was on our program sort of uh, appear on a bunch of other credits. You know, I think Open yeah. My Eagle was another one of them. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, uh, here's a cat who um, is low key in, in, a, in the niche scene already. Um, but I love his production. The, the sense of quirkiness really shines. It's this homespun feel. It's like samples and keyboard and just jutting weird sound mm-hmm. effects. And uh, even though it's a short album, a uh, big fan of it. And it, it made me want to check out the rest of his work, which I was already somewhat familiar with. But um, yeah, love yeah. that dude. Love Illingsworth, man. Uh, definite fan now. Yeah, no, he he's super dope. And I think uh, the pairing with Homeway Sandman is, is really good. Yeah, um, on that record. Yeah, I definitely dug that record too. Um, a surprise record for me in this uh, first quarter is uh, I'm surprised I didn't like the Conway record more. Conway, mm. uh, God Don't Make Mistakes. Uh, but does God con- release 10 debut albums? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like God Don't Make Mistakes and yet there's Mitch McConnell. So you never know. <laughs> You can't say that definitively, Conway. But um, yeah, I, I, I've been waiting for him to get the right batch of beats because he's obviously an amazing rapper. And um, as y'all like to say, the, the best writer of the Griselda Bunch. Or not the best writer. What is he? He's the best rapper. Rapper. Best rapper. And, and I understand why you guys would say that and other folks do too. But um, And I saw the list of features and it's kind of like his kind of, you know, come out release, his, his 12th. Uh, debut album he did it right uh but for some reason it just does it does the not stick with me i i mm. i'm kind of searching for like what is the optimal thing because when he did the the record with uh alchemist um that was a sleep aid for me i couldn't mm. i couldn't fuck with it um it's a little too dry and this has the it, it's got the features it's got the the producers on there but i don't know yeah um 
I'm more of a pro way than a con way on this. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, it didn't stick with me either. Um, I just, I, I don't know what could at this point. Like, I, I don't know if I'm just over it or if it just, mm. I don't know what would be exciting mm. at this point. But he's, he's a really good rapper. It's cool to hear his life story over and over again. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just, yeah. I just, it's not. It's a, they're one listen albums for me at this point. All of them. Mm, uh, really. When we were all in public together except for weirdly damone was not there uh when dave was djing at wax wednesday a couple of weeks ago paulo our friend dj cutso friend of the program friend in real life told me that he had a mixtape that preceded that where he was okay. rapping over other people's beats and i can't remember what it was called because i don't know how to download mixtapes um but he said that was amazing and that was the best Conway mm. thing in years mm. so wow yeah. listeners want to Send me a link to that. I would love to listen to that. It was okay. like, it was like, it's literally on Dat Piff. And I'm like, is that still a thing? Totally. Yeah. What years is yeah, yeah, exactly. I think with uh, Con- Conway, it's like, it's almost a bit of um, option paralysis. It's like, which e- which of the 200 EPs that he comes out with every week we choose from? You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's, that doesn't lend itself to repeat listening, listens, listens, it, it, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Cause he's like, whether you listen again, I'm gonna have another one. Totally. That's, six, that's, six months. Like don't re-listen. That's like, exactly it. And, and it all becomes sort of this avalanche of samesies. You know what I mean? Yeah. For, for real. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see kind of where he goes. Um, it reminds me of the, the Benny, the butcher album that a lot of the bros didn't like when he kind of went, you know, this is my big album, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And kind of, mm-hmm. is that the, not the right palette for him? Uh, but we shall see. Here's another record that surprised me, but I'm gonna let Nate talk about it because uh, he probably has better words. Um, the Cities of Eve, Man with the Horn, Deluxe Set, long record, really long, good Long record, record good record. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad right. you like it, dude. I feel yeah. like at some point I was like trying to convince you to listen to it or to, to listen to the whole thing. You know, to get No, to you were. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Re- really, really good record. Um, Cities of Eve from Memphis um, often works with Luca, who we have become a huge fan of. And that's kind of how we got tapped into um, his world um, is just um, it- it's a very unique sounding record there. It's like a it's a real albumy album where it feels like some of the beats are a, a part of each other. And uh, mm. it- it's just I don't know what else to say about it. Then you should really invest the time and listen to it there's a lot of uh, vocal samples and world building that happens there's a lot of really interesting rapping and uh it's just uh you know how like in the art world like an artist will have like a gallery show once mm-hmm. they've completed a body of work work like yeah. that's what i feel like this is. oh interesting yeah yeah it's a group of things that sound good together and then he like put it forward to be considered and uh, mm. yeah, I'm super into it. It's a uh, it's a very good record, um, "Man with the Horn," uh, but it's probably the longest record I've liked since that um, "Blue and Exile" record. The Jazz mm. Isles. Mm. Yeah, and I think this is even longer than that. But it's it's a lot of like sketches and like different things. It's not a repetitive uh, song cycle. And yeah, no, it's, yeah very it's very left field. It's definitely not for everyone. I'm, I'm actually midway through listening to an interview of his on another podcast. And he's a very interesting person. I, I, I want to hear more. And sometimes small is better. It's like they, he, they, he has some 10 minute albums too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's a, there's a profundity of those, those days, these days anyway. Um, all right. Another record that came out that, uh, of some import um, during this quarter would be, uh, sorry, 
I suck at this. Big impact, huh? Yeah, super huge. <laughs> huge. Uh, Jay Worthy and Larry Jones, two peas and a pod. Um, I know, Nate, you, you're big on this record. Dave, have you heard it? I have not. I have not. You are in for a treat. Uh, okay. The Pimpin', the pimpin is back. Um, Jay Worthy's kind of whole shtick is kind of built around Pimpin'. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. I which fuck I, with Jay Worthy. Yeah, I, it, it takes a lot for me these days. That was such a, a, a run into the ground trope at a time. Um, but Jay Worthy somehow breathes an artistic life into the Pimpin'. You have the Pimpin' excerpts and things on there. Those and then are all the literally from American Pimp outtakes. Like you can hear Payroll uh, referring to Alan Hughes, the director, in a couple of them. Like you guys know I'm obsessed with that movie. Yeah, I'm, about to say. I'm like loving this record partly because it's like there's just that it's just defining that thing that Mm. weird resonance of language around pimping that is so entertaining to me and they do it in the songs and they do it in the skits and they do it sugar free does the intro he talks about riding two horses with one ass and all this weird funny (laughs) phrases that now i have to think about like this is it's just so funny yeah, I, you have to remember Nate is our res- resident pimp expert. I, uh, which I feel terrible about. <laughs> a pimp expert, if you will. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, awful as a practice, but it's so good for language. Uh, it, it, it makes for an entertaining record, but I guess what I would say is it that hasn't been true for a while. There aren't too many people. I know Rock Marciano, who's also on this record. Great, um, great guest verse. Yeah, which is a great guest verse. He, he toys with that language a little bit, but yeah, they lean all the way in. Um, I thought it was a really good record and the production um, is is very fitting. What would you call that style of music? There's a couple like, of different styles of music. Um, it, uh, there's kind of like an 80s. Yeah. Like um, a, it's not yacht rock. It's more like a kind of like a easy listening, temporary easy listening, listening vibe yeah, to some easy of listening the slaps. beats yes. that are yeah, actually like, <laughs> like super entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, some John Tesh samples. Like, like you mean? expect uh, them to flip Night Court at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like like that vibe. Um, <laughs> the theme to Night Court for all the people who are over 45. Um, yeah, I really like that record. And I think it's going to be, um, well, they're going to, here's the thing. Larry June is going to do three other records this year. Um, mm. That's what I found out about Larry June. So if you like one, like hold on to it, stick with it. Um, because he's going to give you a bunch of other ones. Uh, here's a, a record somewhat controversial has grown on me a little bit, but I haven't really seen anyone talk about is Elzai in Georgia and Muldrow's mm. uh, Zeit, Zeitgeist. Didn't work for me. No. I, I'm on record as not being a big Elzai fan, but I thought that if you're going to do a record that's fully produced by Georgia and Muldrow, you need to switch it up thematically a little bit you need to like meet her halfway and like do like a spiritual or Mm. jazz or like a a a less like barred out like just proving Mm. like being so clever uh all the time like thing it just it just i i I felt like they were two separate records like he rapped to a click track and she made beats that they they had the two had nothing to do with each other and actually Mm. there's one song in particular let me look up the title while we're talking but he does um it's like he riffs on themes it's um like all words with con in the title oh yes yes yeah and and i thought it was hackneyed and forced 
and yeah. it just it just did not work for me. I did not like this record. I I I don't know what else to say. I, I and I started pros out, and cons. It, it's yes, all pros and cons and all cons. And all words, con but words. then the sentences don't make sense. <laughs> it's, it's, I just did. I wasn't feeling it, dude. It just like it's a pass for me. Hard hard pass for you. You peeped it, Dave. Uh, me, I um, I heard the one single that they dropped. I forgot the name of it. Was that the pros and cons one? No, I think, so. I think it was okay. A... Well, I mean, uh, nevertheless, I I like the one track I heard. I wasn't mad at it. I to Nate's point, I do sort of. I would have wanted to see more of a Georgia soulful side, but uh, but sometimes I, I just kind of like hearing a different side of her as well. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. whatever whatever that single was, again, the name escapes me. I wasn't mad at it. Yeah, we, I uh, felt- did an interview with a rapper yesterday, and we're not. I'm not going to say who it is because we haven't dropped it yet, and we probably won't drop it for a while. But he said uh, at some point he tried to switch up his writing style, mm-hmm. so that people connected with it rather than admired it. Mm. And I really feel like Elzai needs to do that for a record. And this would have been the perfect record to mm. record for him to do that. Okay. No, El- I, I know what you mean. Elzai has stands though, man. Like people love Elzai. I know. So, I know. I don't, don't come know. for me. It's just, like, <laughs> but I will say this. You, you guys have seen fight club, right? When um, yeah. Brad Pitt first meets Edward Norton on the plane. Of course. And, uh, or does he? Um, <laughs> and they're talking and uh, Brad Pitt goes, Oh, you're, you're a clever guy. How's that working out for you? <laughs> That's all I have. To say. <laughs> rest. I, yeah, I, I started out there, but you know what? When I first heard it, I was kind of like, yeah, this is somewhat of a mis- mismatch. But uh, you know what? After some listenings, I'm like, they are actually at least the sum of their parts on some of those joints. Mm. She's good enough at production. He's good enough at rapping. It, it, it doesn't click as much as it maybe should, but there are a couple joints. Uh, there's a song in there called Amnesia, uh, which I dug quite a bit. So mm. um, very interesting. Georgia Ann is doing like rapper records. We had a juice on and he talked about um, yeah, yeah. Uh, a record that he's a part of that she was producing. Um, she's did this Elzai record. It's interesting that she's working with like real rappers. Um, so, you know, it's it's a it's an interesting pairing. Let's uh, let's go to one or two more of these hot joints uh, from quarter one. Uh, Nick Craven, which we talked about on the Patreon for those who subscribe to the Patreon, my one and only solo uh, record review segment, um, which is just me going, oh, dope, dope, oh, dope. This is, dope, this is my dope, chance dope. to say it's not a compilation. It's a producer album. <laughs> Again, in public. Uh, okay, Sammy. It's, it's, yes. it's okay. It's, a, it's an okay record. Um, I haven't gone back to it. It's it's it, it 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 has not turned out to be one of my favorite records. It's a very competent record. It's a good record. I think people should listen to it if they like stuff like that. But it has not emerged as one of my favorites for the uh, for the quarter. Personally. No, Dave Craven three. Uh, I barely skipped through it. I thought it was just I to to be honest. I think um I just like the uh, his production palette on the other stuff better. Yeah, yeah. You're craving uh... something else. <laughs> Nice. Hit him with that constant craving bars. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like we're not addressing the elephant in the room that is the Earl record. Uh, yeah. You know, I was going to bring that up. You know, at first I wasn't really into it, um, but it's gotten more plays. Um, it's But the only thing is for me, like Earl is like somebody you want to 
you want to like sit down and absorb fully. And that album has kind of worked for me as background a little bit, strangely. Mm. So, but mm. I'm into it and it's gotten more plays as time has gone on. And I think it's going to be one of those where it'll hit me on a, you know, uh, 5 p.m. before I go, go for my late night walk or something, you know what I mean? Type right. of stuff. And it's going to totally work. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I remember it being pretty big deal when it, right when it dropped and I, I listened to it a ton. I haven't went back to it a bunch, but I think that's kind of how I am with the Earl record. It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Um, this one is the least studious. I think to enjoy uh, previous Earl releases, you got to like sit down. Like, oh, right, it's rapping. Right. We're getting right. into the rap right now, but this is the most kind of like listenable. Um, I love the Z Loopers. Um, feature on there he has some different sound palettes that he plays with um the joint with arm and hammer is fucking amazing mm. um so yeah i think it's going to be a strong contender but um I'll, I'll put it out there earl is not everyday listening music to me it's kind of like i'll listen to miles davis every day um and he's fucking amazing but it's when i listen to earl i am listening to him like a a great jazz player and going like hmm this is mm-hmm. good rapping. Mm-hmm. Sweatshirt weather. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I did a stupid thing today. I'm actually wearing my Earl t-shirt right now, as you guys can yeah. see. Nice. And uh, he posted about the Quelle Chris song on the iBliss record that I'm going to talk about today. So I, a writer, spammed a musician with my links. Yes. I said yes. my piece. Yes. <laughs> like, wow. Thank you, We're going to turn the tables on this whole... Uh, uh, weird self-promotion thing that happens wow. when you write about anything. People send you all the links to their own music. It's like, I didn't ask for that. Mm-mm. I don't want that at Mm-mm. all. So just uh-uh. took one for the writing team on that one. Love it. Love it. Here for it. Uh, that's dope. Imagine him just sitting at home like, all right, Nate. All right, Nate LeBlanc. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that's the idea. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. No, totally. totally. <laughs> he put his beer down immediately. Um, Nate, talk about the, the it's I bliss. I, I bliss, I believe. I've actually never heard anyone say it out loud. Um, the Talk about that record. Raja's son, and uh, it's dedicated to his dog who passed away. Mm. And uh, I love this record. This is my album of the quarter. I wrote a little review about it um, mm. that is on passionoftheweiss.com today. And um, yeah, I just, I, I'm just enthralled by this record. I just, it feels like, uh, you know, like a blanket. You just kind of like wrap yourself in. There's great rapping on it from some of our favorites, like Nappy Nina, mm-hmm. LA Chris, um, yep. some newer folks like um, Silence, who has another really good record, kind of an honorable mention of the year record for me with Wavy Bagels called uh, Mutatus Mutandus from earlier this year. And just that whole like kind of, nyc art rap scene that um uh kind of coalesces around purple tape pedigree um this is like my favorite record that's ever come out of that camp and i bliss is just a really talented producer um and there's something just really warm about the record that has just been really speaking to me and uh yeah just super into it want it to be heard more widely think the cover's great think the yeah it sounds and the way it flows together is great there's some new mcs that i wasn't familiar with who are doing some really interesting things and just uh super super pumped on this record uh it feels like a spring summer record no yeah, that's kind of my the way I 
pitched it in my review is like this is what it sounds like when spring happens it's warm you get back out it's like right. it's like a, it's weird for a rapper to be kind of about being outside it's not like a thing <laughs> yeah. that we cover a lot yeah um so there's like field recordings in the beginning and yeah. at the end yeah. and there's like this like i don't know it's almost like a campfirey kind of vibe which is just mm-hmm. not something that i'm totally used to hearing but something that like i'm actively doing in my life a lot so yeah uh raja's son by um i bliss very right. very good record highly recommended all right check out uh check out nate's piece on passion of the weiss your byline says you don't fuck with fillet of fish and as the kids say all cap. <laughs> all cap. <laughs> <laughs> i got dates i got receipts uh it is i who don't fuck with fillet of fish yeah um so yeah it's it's been an interesting quarter nate do we leave anything on the cutting room floor here? Well, I want to ask if Dave mention? has listened to the Saba record and if he can listen to it with the amount of singing that's on it. <laughs> I haven't, but I will. I mean, you I'm a should. fan of his. Yeah. I'm a fan yeah. of his. Um, be, be, before we transition, though, real quick, super into the Jay Cyanide Kaput album yes. as well. Yeah. Um, just love the warmth, love the sort of sunny nature of it. Um, it, it, it works as both like a noise, a noise canceling album and like begs for your attention. You know, totally. I, I just really like his steez. Um, Nate turned, his, uh, turned me on to it. And um, again, it's another interview that uh, I was not there for on a recent episode, but uh, you guys held it down. And he's great, man. Out of, he's out super of, cool. Out of really DC, cool out of DC, I believe. Yep. Love, the, love the song, My Leisure. And, um, you know, again, like under the radar in a genre that's already under the radar, but big fan of his. Totally. He's great. And it's great. I'm really into that as well. That's funny. We both like the same song. <laughs> um, and then another record I know Dave is into, and I will ask Damone, have you listened to the DJ Day Life After mm. You record? I, I did. I think um, you had you had thrown it in the chat one day and I was like, I need something to not focus on. And I ended up focusing on it. I was yeah. like, oh, man, it's a those really samples. Good yeah, yeah. I was like, those Ooh, ooh, it 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 reminds me in the best possible sense of this. It was when I first um, listened to a Stro Elliott record mm. and was like, you know, it's really it's it's bending the lines between like kind of sampling and re-edit and like stitching things together. But I thought it was great and it's um it, it really moves. Like it has it's got a lot of different movements. So yeah, I'm and definitely a, into a bunch DJ. of short songs that kind of like sew the thing together. I used yeah, to yeah. Uh, from it from like an episode or two ago oh it was the easy ad episode that's right um yeah day is hella cool and someone we we vibe with and Mm -hmm. i think everyone should listen to that record um two quick honorable mention kind of things of records that i liked but i always have a category where it's like i like this but it's not an album of the year kind of record um one is the aj suede and televangel record uh Mm -hmm. i believe it's called metatron's cube i don't know what that means um i really really liked the beats and i know that sounds like damning it with faint praise like i i like aj suede too another rapper who's put out like a lot of material like you go to his band camp and there's like 20 records and it's like where do you start start with the new Mm, one um but I really, really thought uh, Televangel, who was was in that uh, band or not band group, uh, Bly, Blue Sky Black Death. Death. You guys yeah. ever listen to them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, really cool, really, really good beats. And then uh, an artist who I knew about from Twitter, but had never actually listened to uh, called Brain Orchestra Ooh, um, yeah, has yeah, a record yeah. called Big Brain. And I really, really liked a couple of the songs on there. And um, I like a self-contained unit. It's like he produces, he raps, he does mm-hmm. the art. I love it when somebody can kind of be self-sufficient like that. And he's on tour in the um, 
in Europe right now and just seems to be like leveling up as an artist. And that's definitely someone I've got my eye on. He's doing an album or a, some kind of project with, um, what's the guy's name? The guy from the UK who's on those Vic Spencer records. Um, um, I know who you're talking about. Sunny Jim. Sunny Jim. Yes. yes. So I just yeah. saw today he's working with Sunny Jim, who I'm a fan of. So that's, uh, yeah, that that's a cool thing. I think it's it's not the end. It's not the record of the year, but it's a good rap record. Everybody like, yeah, you know, give it a chance. Yeah. You might like it. Yeah, there's 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 always a place for a good rap record uh, here on the Dad Bud Rap Pod, <laughs> and also uh, also a place for a good rapper. We have the opportunity to chat with Wild Child, um, who is a grown ass man, but also wild at heart. And uh, <laughs> nice, nice. He uh, he was kind enough to talk to us about uh, his new album that just came out a little bit ago, and also about kind of just being a dad and arguing with your son, which resonated with me on many levels for many reasons. Um, so here it is our interview with Wild Child, Dad Bod, Rap Pop. Dad Rap Pod, every week we have people who are moving and shaping hip-hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have Wild Child, who has a new record coming out called Omawale, uh, dealing with a lot of interesting topics. We're going to get into all that right now, but we're just grateful to have you on the program. Wild Child, what's good? Hey, I'm good. Thank y'all for having me, man. Definitely appreciate the support. What up? Yeah, yeah. You know, we're fans of your work for a long time so we'll kind of get into your your history um but i want to start by talking about um your kind of your roots as as a rapper um who were the first rappers that you kind of idolized and wanted to be like and made you want to do what you do oh man good question to be honest um there was a lot of people that influenced me. I think the vibe that I grew up on, because I came from sports, it wasn't that I wanted to be like these guys. I just wanted to participate like they were, but in a different way. Um, as a fan of dance and the whole b-boyism and all that, there was a lot of groups, to be honest, that weren't really rap that got me into wanting to be different, like Human League, um, into into me um david bowie mm. and then as far as rap i would definitely say like cool keith um and grand pooba masters of ceremonies mm. those are like the early albums that i got that set the tone and then obviously it went on from there to rock him and special ed and all these other in innovative guys that's so dope man um, thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, I mean, we're going to touch on the new record for a little bit, but I just want to sort of revert back a little bit. Um, I know yeah. you had some EPs following uh, Loot Pack, but I want to bring up 2003's uh, Secondary Protocol. Yes. Um, you know, talk a little bit about that and, you know, just the making of that and also um, your personal growth over the last 20 years since you dropped oh, yeah. that one. For sure, man. 
I'm like a movie buff. Everybody knows it from Stone Stone to Mad Lib and Oh No and all the whole crew. So every time I make references, if it's not regarding uh, the support of the dance culture, it's it's regarding movies. And so when I see films reflect similar things going on in my life, like with the Loot Pack, first album was a sound piece. And then with me and Mad Lib going on to do our individual things, that the, the, the film um, Armageddon was referencing a certain point in that movie where it was about the secondary protocol, like plan B, mission B, because at the, at the time we were really trying to dive into another loop pack record, but with, with everything going on with the record labels and the audience's ears and stuff, it wasn't really happening for us. I think loop pack kind of, uh, we didn't really get to get the proper support at the time we thought we could, we were still young first project. We was out just, diving into everything so as we sat back watching what the alcoholics and the whole crew was doing you know the production started coming madlib's way so he was able to just spread his wings and pretty much do what we've what we witnessed before lupac you know what i mean it wasn't that new so we supported his journey and that album secondary protocol was like all right here's what we're gonna do but still gotta have the fam represent and that's how madlib oh no um collab with me to produce that whole album Mm. um but yeah man since 20 years gosh making me feel old right now <laughs> um, you know i just basically out of the crew i think i was the first to have kids i had my daughter when i was 21 so it made me grow up a lot so i was balancing a lot of having the hunger to to go out and represent on the hip-hop tip but holding down a nine to five at the same time so i was working juggling which has it had its ups and downs because that's how i met the alcoholics because I was working at a record store mm. and that's how we all got connected with them. But then trying to travel and doing what DJs like the beat junkies and peanut butter whoop was doing, they would take us on the road. So I got a chance to see the world out of a different perspective than where we're from, which is Oxnard, where not a lot of people was able to see these things. So it got us out of our shell. Me and Madeline was always the quiet type and especially DJ Rome's. So once we started traveling and being more vocal, that's kind of like how the name Wild Child came into play because, you know, it was like, it gave me a chance to, to reflect what I felt inside, but I never spoke on it because I never really, we weren't the type to be promoting ourselves. We was real humble with it. We still are, but, you know, it, it gave us a chance to see that. And then those journeys allowed me to be able to bring my family, my daughter, my family, my brother, all kinds of people with me overseas and collaborate with other artists. And then that led to the future projects from there. Mm, that's Thank awesome, you. man. Thank you. Um, something I have to ask you about, it feels like it goes kind of like lightweight underground hip hop viral in our world every like six months or so. Loot Pack was in a Toyota of Oxford. Ah, <laughs> yes, I was going to ask can, that. <laughs> can you just tell us a little bit about how that came to be? And does that happen to you too when people like rediscover it and you're like, okay, we've been through this. Like, we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Funny story. Um, that, that video, before I explain how it came up, I got to explain the funny essence of the random person who remembered that video. We were in the studio. God, I can't remember. We were in the studio and Alchemist brought that up. Mm. And I couldn't believe, I was like, how do you even know about this? He's like, man, I did my homework. You know, <laughs> so, you know, so him and Ono was like joking about it and stuff. But the thing is, is 
I think so many artists that me and Madlib used to talk about had their moments when they did something that was not what we thought. Like, what? Dr. Dre was really in another group. You right, know, right. Naughty by Nature really did. Like, what? We've had so many moments like that, but we always kept it to ourselves. There was no internet, you know, reflecting. So when we did that, shout outs to Mr. Jackson, Madlib's Pops. He was just basically trying to help some local kids get on, do mm-hmm. their thing, and, you know, get a first booking. I think that might have been the first booking we did. That's we crazy. didn't care. We were like, hey, if they hook us up in five years from now with a Toyota, <laughs> I remember we said that. So we didn't care. All we said was, just don't make it corny. We want to throw the yeah. beats in there. We want to throw the rhymes in there. Yeah. We want to make it look like we just did a local actual video. And I don't know what he did. And he was able to make it happen. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say it's embarrassing. It's one of those things where like, hey, you got to do something that you might not be proud of. So you know what not to do again. You know what I'm saying? So, it, hey, it is what it is, man. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So you sold, you sold some Camrys. Um, I, we've had a chance to talk to uh, Declaim on this program. Um, and he talked a lot about kind of uh, the scene that y'all are from in Oxnard. Um, not a huge city, but has a lot of hip hop talent has come out of that region. Why do you think that is? Um, you know what? Excuse my dog in the background. He's out there barking. I got the, I got the dog that tries to be the bully of the block. <laughs> Smallest dog. And he'd be up in there just talking crap. But um, um, I think um, when it came to Oxnard, man, I remember a lot of people didn't notice because like, let's see, what's my man's from, uh, from uh, Man of Steel? From Field of Dreams. Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner. I was drawing a blank right now. Yeah. Kevin Costner represented out of 805. He was the first artist that uh, I that heard. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went, he went to school in Ventura, which is the same as Oxnard. Right. And um, so from him, you know, we started getting essence of people that came from our area. And for us, we never looked at it like, if you make it out of this city or do something, you're going to put your city on the map. We, we never felt any different than L.A. We lived only an hour and a half out of L.A. So after him, I think the moment for me that was inspiring was one of my peoples. Her name is Erica Duff. She's a dancer who, who kind of helped pave the way for my son, Miles, into the dance career. She was also affiliated with the homie Atheon Crockett. Mm. She was the one that was the first one I knew out of our area representing in all the music videos, you know, with Met the Man, I can go on and on. But when I saw that, I was like, yeah, okay. We know we we don't need to have to have to, to reside in Los Angeles in order to represent our city or, or make it in a successful way or whatnot. Um, but once we started getting on and we kept our whole crew, that era kind of was like, um, things started just happening one by one. The story of Eric I just mentioned, you see, you know, Micah Nine and his whole crew, um, Freestyle Fellowship, holding down, supporting one another. You know, and this is like the Wu-Tang before Wu-Tang, you know, um, hieroglyphics. So we we had that and we had friends. We weren't just coming together in order to do music. We were already friends outside of it. So Madlib was like our first RZA. And we just thought whoever makes it, whoever gets on, everyone's going to go right after one another and we're going to pull each other in regardless of 
how it happens or in what order or whatnot. Um, but because I was also in the sports, you know, I had people like the homies, Fernando Vargas, who was a boxer out of Oxnard, and another fellow friend, Isaiah Mustafa. Y'all know him from the Old Spice commercial. I played ball with these guys when I grew up. So it was just one of those things where it was like, hey, if you could do it, I could do it. Don't, don't act like you need to be from here or whatnot. It might just take a different, it might just be a different time zone that you could do your thing. We never looked at it like, we ain't never going to, you know, we just had confidence in the music. But we still had the sense that we weren't sure how the outside cities would uh, would receive us. So that's why we just started just honing in and Mallet would just do, mad, uh, what do you call it, weekly beat tape albums for ourselves. And we would just we would just record album after album after album after. And I'm not even over exaggerated. We literally just would just re- record those. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And that was like a way of us getting our craft down and whatnot. So even the sound pieces, to be honest, that really wasn't meant to come out at first. So, you know, until Wolf heard it, mm-hmm. and that was the first, the late, that happened to be the latest project he had heard us put together at that time. But um, the confidence, it just, it just, you know, just kept channeling to everybody else and we just kept supporting each other on that. Wow, thank you for that, man. Um... So uh, you mentioned Peanut Butter Wolf a few times and you, you know, you've had like interesting artists uh, orbit your career. Uh, Peanut Wolf, we're from San Jose. He's a hometown hero. Yeah. Can you just t- talk a little bit about your relationship with Stone's Throw and, you know, your working process with Wolf and just how everything came together? Um, Wolf was the first one that kind of took hint of like, hey, we got some stuff. We're interested. You know, we, we, we weren't really hard to work with. You know, um, he dealt more with uh, Madlib's Pops to, to, mm-hmm. To, to see if we can, you know, let our guard down and work with someone on independent. Because we were trying to get a major deal at that time through DJ Pooh, Broadway, King T, and the Licks or whatnot. But once we saw a taste of what was going on with the majors and what the majors were looking for, weren't looking for, and all that type of stuff, you know, similar to what I'm sure Eminem went through when he was going through the whole music convention, you know, tours that we were doing, it just made us seem like, yo, man, we, we want to go on a major, but we feel like once we do, if that happened, they would they would grasp, tell us no. And I remember we, you know, I don't want to bring up specific names, but I remember once that really set a tone in our in our in our mindset was when we were showing our music to someone, and that someone and we and they knew our affiliations with Exhibit and the Alcoholics, we were showing them our work, okay. And it's weird to be saying this now because it reminds me of that new Kanye documentary when he was playing his music, you know, for people at the time. But we were playing our music, trying to get on, and we weren't forcing it down people's ears. We just like, here's what we do. And the, the, the response was, great. Do you have anything that sounds like them? And that, that to me was like, wow, okay. Either we're really whack. Or this situation we're in is just really whack. And maybe it's not meant for us for our first project when we're just trying to figure ourselves out to dive into. So that led to Peanut Butter Wolf. And he came in and was like, yo, man, what y'all want to do? How y'all want to do it? I'm down. Let's roll with it. He even encouraged us. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of moments when we was like, nah, we don't want this. Nah, nah, not Quasimodo. Nah, 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 nah. Let's, let's, you know, he liked the risk. Mm. of something different out there in the atmosphere. That's the one thing 
that I liked about Wolf. He was like, what? We're like, what? You like that? So many times I would hear Madeline like, wait, what? You like that? You really? And then, and then went from there. So we're like, okay, so he's really letting us dive into some creating it. So that's when we just started just going, all right, then let's go. Let's boom, boom, boom. And then it gave us more empowerment, more opportunities to be like, well, shit, if that's the case, I want to work with this dude. I want to work with this. Yo, give me this. What can you do? You know, it was one of those, that was the first time we had that. You know, we were always in our mindset, like what was out around us, what was releasing around us. We were, you know, trying to set that bar. But um, since the secondary protocol, I haven't, to be honest, worked with Stonestone since that, mm. that, that release. But um, Wolf was the first to bring us to Europe. I do remember that he brought us to Europe just to give us a glimpse of like, yo, this is what you're in store for. And this is before we toured with Fife, right when Tribe had did their first split. But um, I'd never forget the dopest thing he did was he brought us to New York, our first trip to New York, which is how we ended up linking it with so many people to this day from Artifacts, Eclipse, and Cool Herc, and Red Alert, Percy P. That was that, that one day was like, we literally went through the city and met so many people at one time that cats I know still to this day have never even got a chance to meet or whatnot. So that, that moment took it to another level for people who've never been outside of California. That's a great wow. story. Thank you so yeah. much. Um, I'd like to advance the timeline up to the new record, Omawale. We, uh, we got a chance to check it out today. Um, uh, one, a quick joke. This is such a grown rap, grown up, grown man rap album. Did you consider advancing your name a little bit? being the wild man uh, you know what just, i'm just kidding no no it's all good no it's all good you know what man at the end of the day i'm always going to be a child at heart mm. you know what i'm saying yeah um i'm not a singer i don't play the piano the one thing that um i've just been able to do is learn how to speak my mind from an honest perspective and have fun at the same time which is what i try to instill in my kids and all that um, so at the end of the day, no matter how older I get or whatnot, I might be 75 and you still might see me jump on the mic. And it's crazy because we're in 2022 and I still see cats like KRS and Grandmaster Kaz, not hesitant to grab the mic and let cats know what's up. Yeah. Even from, from the acting side with, with my son is doing, I see cats like Lawrence Fishburne and Anthony Anderson. These dudes act like they're still 25, 30, age is just the vibe, a vibe of how you put it. The grown folk part of it with the rap, I do get because the topic and subject matter might not be, you know, for the younger generation or whatnot. But I'm like I said, I'm just speaking from my experience. That's all I could do. That's yeah. pretty much all I could do. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It, just tell us a little bit about um, what you intended with this record, because we want to make sure it, it's heard as widely as possible. Exactly. Like it's... Um, it's it's not what I expected when I hit play, right? That's, it's, hey, it's like that's it's the bringing... response I went. Yeah, that is the response. There you go. It wasn't <laughs> what I expected. Um, I think I'd never really set out with a goal at first. I just felt like with everything going on, you know, we're in an era with social media and the news is just throwing the whole trauma porn at everybody with what we go through, people of color, whatnot, and add on politics and the situations that are going on, add on the social adjustment, add on the fact that all this stuff is just right in your face. 
a lot of this young generation, I know for a fact, if this all was going down when I was younger, I don't even know how I would digest it because all the things that we learned, you know, about Emmett Till and slavery and all that, we weren't really taught it in a way that we should know. You know, it was like, let's brush this under the rug and teach you what we think you should know. And then minus all the life, you know, lessons that you can learn. Those things weren't taught to us. So the point I'm trying to get at is when all these things started happening and I'm sitting there with two kids of my own, they're older now, you know what I'm saying? But it just felt like, how can I be silent when all this stuff is going on around us? I mean, we witnessed someone die right in front of our eyes. You know what I'm saying? But it's not new to me because these things happened before, but there just would never cameras around, you know, personally, I almost went through something similar to that myself. So when I'm sitting there thinking of all of these elements that I just named, it would be too easy for me just to get in the booth and just give some, some music out there and um, try to paint a lighter picture of what's really going on. And I was like, nah, man, this is, this is deeper than that. So regardless of who puts the record out, if the record never came out, at the end of the day, I was just going to do something that I know represented right now what needs to be said or what a lot of people want to say, but just don't have the voice to say, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but but the record actually does have, have bright moments. I wanted to ask you. you about uh, the song Goat, which is oh, yeah. you and your son, Miles uh, going back and forth about who is the goat, not the rap goat, the <laughs> basketball goat. Yes. Tell me, tell me about how that track came together. And um, is is that real? Or does he really think that LeBron is the greatest of all time? You guys have no idea. <laughs> before I touch and explain that, before the reason why I went left field to bring that song in, because in the film, which I'm inspired by, the Book of Eli. When Denzel's in the film, he's going through timeline in his life. He's going from the past, current, as well as even the future. You know, he's he's repping a, like a spiritual journey and what's going on. So he's flashing back a lot. But in the film, they don't touch base on all of it. There's moments, if you've seen it, he's, he, he starts to speak on certain things as he's explaining it to someone else. And he stops himself. It's like he doesn't want to relive the pain. If you don't know about it, he doesn't want to relive, you know, what happened. You need to be up to speed because at one time, you know, people cared more about certain things that we take for granted now. So that that essence was the journey of the album. And as I was going in that, it made me think, you know, during quarantine past two years, what is me? What do me and my son usually get into it about? And it goes deep. Every family get together gets ruined. Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmases. I'm telling you, like I even had a delete. I never thought I would delete something off the album. I had my wife actually on the album breaking up an argument. There was an argument we were gonna have on because when we when we get into it, we're not really arguing, but yeah. we're just having heated debates because Miles, yep. even though he's 17, there was no way for me to explain to the world. How yeah. how deep this guy goes? He's not just a. Fan. Oh, he was giving he's up stats. Y'all gotta listen fan. to the track. He, oh, he yeah, immediately yeah, yeah. starts going into like <laughs> rebounds, and it's it's very interesting. Since he was six years old, seven, because he was born in his Michael yeah, Jordan yeah. is LeBron. When he was okay. born, yep. he yep. he was basically all LeBron. Like he knew about yep. his, he knew about LeBron, yep. the school, his mom, yep. his yep. kids, 
Yep. Him and Bronny are actually close friends. You know, okay. so, okay. yeah, yeah, that's, you know, but um, the crazy thing is he, um, it sounds funny as I say it, but it was, <laughs> he would always before bedtime, don't turn the light up, hold on. Did you know that LeBron is about to pass Jordan in this pack? <laughs> oh, no, I got it on my phone. I just, because he just got his phone, so he's all looking up oh, stuff, you man. know. I'm like, Miles, not again. Then the next night. But listen, I didn't finish telling you last night, but tonight, <laughs> this stat, I'm telling you. But I feel bad because I used to kind of like, all right, all right, all right. But the more, the more I think that I suppressed him wanting to throw Jordan under the bus, the more power it came for him <laughs> to speak his moment. So when people like you guys would be in a room with me and that conversation comes up, Miles is the first to flex his chest and start <laughs> You know, explaining all these things. So when I was like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna do a joint." What do be me and you have most in common right now, other than family, sports, or dance? And we went the dance route. I mean, we went the sports route uh, to make it an obvious joint. And we we the only thing that we came uh, in agreement was the ending of it, where we say Kobe. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was yeah. It was it was a very well put together track. And as the 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 father of a now adult, my son's 18. I, I understand the intensity of said arguments. He thinks that the first three Star Wars prequels are uh, are good movies. And so, uh, <laughs> so I did I did tell Miles <laughs> his Christmas was made. I did tell him that LeBron, I gave LeBron his gold status. I just yeah. when I said it, he didn't let me finish my sentence. He just started <laughs> running around the house. Oh no, you said it, you said it. I'm like, hey, okay, okay. So I told him like this, and I really meant it. I said, in the movie Black Panther, uh, the moment when he was there and he went back, I guess the ritual was to go back, visit your past ancestors. There's a moment where he sees them. And I said, you know what? That would be Oscar Robinson, Kareem, sure. Michael, yep. and all yep. them. And now Chadwick or, or LeBron is the GOAT now. I said, yep. there's no way one goat replaces another goat. There's no way, even right. if LeBron does reach that, that stat of all time scoring point, every player has a different journey to yep. where they became a goat. And I said, it's just that Jordan is my favorite goat, but I do yep. give LeBron his goat status because of the way he got where he's at on the court and off the court. That was Absolutely. different than Jordan and all the other guys. So I, he, 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 he still doesn't wait, wait, say that again. He still does that. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's so dope, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing about the new album on Wale, which is out right now. We encourage everybody to go uh, to go peep that um, and just appreciate you sharing your your stories about your family and just continued success in the future, man. Thanks so appreciate much for coming, man. Thank you, man. More stuff to come. Really Word cool up, to meet man. you, man. Hey, thank you guys, man. Hey, appreciate y'all, man. For appreciate sure. you, man. Thank you. All right, we're done.
that was our conversation with rapper, basketball pundit, uh, wild child, a super cool cat. Obviously, um, I, I had a lot of affinity for his his uh, relationship with his son, who was on the record. Totally. We, didn't, we didn't talk about it, but his son uh, Miles Brown is an actor who's on the show Blackish, and as well mm-hmm. as kind of an accomplished dancer. Um, so it's kind of like he, you know, Wild Child had stage dad vibes. I know one when I, I sure. can know when I see one. Yeah. But <laughs> his record, very grown. Dave, wouldn't you say? Isn't it kind of a, not totally. kind of age, but of age? 100%. I think that's a very uh, great distinction that you made. Because, I mean, yes, it's, it's like grown man raps, but it's not to the point where you can't relate to it. And um, it totally just makes perfect sense um, hearing the album and now have, having to spoken him. to him. Exactly. I mean, yep. he, uh, he just radiates such a good energy. And it's really cool, you know, to hear his history of Mad Lib always. I'm always like, oh, you grew up next to Mad Lib? Talk about that. You know, I want to yeah. hear, you know, how Mad Lib is giving all his old buddies these beats, you know. And I like the production on the album. And, and you know, like you said, um, his relationship with his son, um, I found mad endearing. So, yeah, that was a great interview. Yeah. Nate? Yeah, you you've heard the you heard the record. You took a yeah, time. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. Um, we all... I was I was super glad I listened to it before we talked to him because I I would have gone like I would have gone ten questions on Toyota of Oxnard rather than one. <laughs> and I would have I would have I, I could have talked to him for half an hour about Loopback. Like uh, yeah. it's like yeah. the mm-hmm. record has been in the ether for thirty years. Like uh, we could have had plenty to talk. Twenty twenty three. Twenty. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted to ask him why they broke up. I didn't get a chance to talk to him about that because I wanted to talk about the new record. Obviously, yeah. Mad Lib got huge, and that's probably why. But it's you know, I might as well ask rather than assume. But anyway, um, it's a it's a good record, but it's like I want people to know if they're going to check it out what they're getting what you're getting into. Right, right, yeah. like, right. Like yeah. this is if you like Stakes is High for the grown man. Oh, okay. Rap yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of, of stakes is high. You're going to yeah. love this because like yeah. 30 years later, we've got, we've developed on mm-hmm. what grown man rap is. And it's just, it was very surprising. And I was going to ask him because when he was younger, he had such a distinctive pocket and a, such a distinctive mm-hmm. flow and mm-hmm. he's fast and he would cribble a lot of like references and stuff in there on this. He's just kind of talking like himself, like mm-hmm. it's still rapping. It's still rhythmic, but it's, it's just witched he- up his whole steez for this record not only subject matter but flow and just it's just like it's just an expression of who he is at this point and there's something beautiful about that totally yeah, absolutely totally. especially after uh i kind of talking to him and then um not surprising to find that he's um connected to the dance community mm-hmm. uh, he kind of has he kind of has that energy and i i feel like um the main thing for rappers when they get older that i listen for is do you sound sluggish in your delivery Something mm-hmm. happens to some rappers where it just, you start to sound sluggish in your delivery. I'm not going to name names, but um, I feel like he's still got his chop. Um, he's got some Georgia and uh, Muldrow uh, joints on the album, uh, which is really interesting and uh, kind of dealing with a lot of the topics that, that cropped up in 2020 and being a black parent and, and all that. I would say a good companion to this record is um, Sky Zoo's uh, fatherhood mm, record from mm. a, i think it's two years ago um there's not a lot of records like that so that's what i like this record it kind of it kind of yeah. sits in a particular place we we talked about georgia and Muldrow's production on the elzai record in the previous segment and i actually think she she's really helpful to this record like she, mm. this, so this is a good example and it's not a coincidence that we framed it like this of i think how you meet her soulful 
yeah like organic vibe where it is it's like you don't do a weird sentence construction song you do a song about real problems of the world you, you tell stories you tell right. stories right. you talk yeah. about more grounded topics and she adds some really beautiful kind of singing to this and production and i think this is a much better collaboration though it's not a full-length collaboration between the yeah two she, and she's got it this to me makes more sense and i think she's really additive here and that, that this album just really surprised me i did not know what I was getting it, the cover is like a riff on I Am Legend and oh is that what that right. is yeah right. kind of right. that a little bit at the beginning and it's like what what's this gonna be and it it's like I didn't know and then I was really pleasantly surprised like usually I, I'm pretty quick with the skip button when we're checking yeah. out the guy's the person's new record right it's <laughs> yeah. like I want to yeah. get a sense of it to do research and be respectful this one I was like. Oh, I, I think I need to do some dishes. Like, <laughs> did I, did I make my bed this morning? Like, <laughs> I should call my parents. <laughs> totally. Make me be oh, a better man. person, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm about to say. It's a better person record. Um, yeah, we wanted we want to thank Wild Child for coming on. Uh, yeah, cool just, interview. I, yeah, cool guy. Dope guest, and and we are going to continue to pitch to get him on Fatherhoods um, because that I think I think that needs to happen. Uh, but speaking of which, you know, we're another show on the Stony Island podcast network. What had happened was keeps trudging along that what had happened was, is like back in the day when a uh, different world would come on and it was going to come on at fucking eight 30 on Thursday and you like had to be home. I mean, you don't have to for this podcast, but in our world, I think it is the, uh, the biggest form of, in, of entertainment for this branch of nerdery. So um, you guys should definitely check that out. Dante Ross giving up the goods on what had happened was, uh, and you know, it's the dad bod rap pod. We're here every Thursday. We also got a Patreon that Nia and Nate, um, we're doing a lot of page, man. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't sure we were going to be doing this much. Yeah. Rion, not Riarchy. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's fun, man. It's nice to like speak a little more freely. It's crazy that people pay us to talk. That's like insane. That's awesome. Um, it's really fun. We're making a lot of playlists. Uh, yeah. We're making a few fake radio shows. We're doing extra talking segments. We're sharing our opinions. It's an awesome community. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who's part of it. Uh, everyone, please join uh, patreon.com slash dadbodrappod. Um, you get the, the unfiltered takes over there. Absolutely. Uh, we, we have a couple of pod, a uh, couple of playlist series that are floating around. There's Jim's Gems, there's Nate's Crates. The uh, people are asking, Dave, are we getting Dave's waves? Are we getting Dave's faves? Oh, man. Well, I mean, the, the the Patreon seems to be going well, so it's amazing that people pay me not to talk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's keep Dave's gag order going. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, get, a, get a playlist or two out of him, but we encourage everyone to check us out on Patreon. It helps the show. helps our mental health. When I see a new Patreon subscriber, it's literal happiness for me. So, um, yeah, check us out. Patreon.com slash dead. When I see one, it's literally an expensive pour over that I wait 15 (laughs) minutes for. and That's that's where the happiness comes in. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, We're also on Twitter at dad bod rap pod on Instagram at dad bod rap pod. We do episodes every fucking Thursday. You know what it is. Dead by rap pod.
Lonely Island Audio.